House of Run podcast. What are you into these days? Mostly running, Howard. Running. Yeah. Look at Bill! Look at Bill! Coming on! Bill, you're coming on! I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by a zebra. Starts now. Welcome back to the House of Run Podcast. House of Run at gmail.com is our email address. I'm Kevin Sully in Austin, Texas, recording with Jason Halpin, who comes to us, as he does, each week from Las Vegas, Nevada, where he watched our Milwaukee Bucks pull off the sweep. As you sweep. called last week, Jason, you said on this show, you said by the next time we record, we'll be talking about a Bucks sweep, and it happened. Yeah, I was. You were a little worried after the beginning. I think game one, because that one was actually close. And uh, I said, "Hey, it's gonna be fine. Don't no nothing to worry about here." Uh, I thought they were gonna win at five, but then they just said, "You know, we don't want to do that. We're just gonna just completely dominate." And uh, I think because they know the house run is behind them. <laughs> that and getting Drew Holiday this season. Yeah, that seems to make a big difference from past years. I was still a little worried, you know, because Bucks underachieve last couple years. But hey, Drew Holiday. He's basically me and you spent the last week just texting about how Drew Holiday would make every team a championship mm-hmm. contender, mm-hmm. and uh, it's pretty much true. Put Drew Holiday on the U.S. four by one for the men. The baton <laughs> gets around no problem. Never drop the baton again. I'm not saying that he's the fastest guy. We've already had this debate about other sports jumping into the track and field side of things, but. Drew Holiday just has that magic quality. Speaking of which, this American Track League event, they spent a lot of time talking about their 40-yard times. They had the timing set up, which was cool. I get it. But I also think we need to move on past this. Christian Coleman ran 4-1. We saw what DK Metcalf did. Do we need to keep litigating this every week? Is track's whole function as a way to just tell other sports that they're not as fast? It just seems weird to me, Jason. We're not – we don't need to always be at the little kid's table. We can stand alone and say, hey, we should be faster because that's the sport that we compete in. Yeah, I – yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Like, it doesn't – it doesn't – it isn't necessary by any means. Um, but I guess the appeal is, like, if you really are trying to draw in the non-track fan, and I don't know how many are watching the ATL here um, – you might be getting just like some of those people. You just you just really want them to like kind of, hey, come on in, feel comfortable. Here's something you know about. Well, we're just going to talk about this a little more. We're going to to push you in this direction so we can we can ease you into this whole track and field thing. But do they need? Are we insulting the intelligence? Let me put it this way: of the mainstream sports fan by having to convince them that sprinters professional sprinters are good at what they do and are better than other people in other sports. If you've been on Twitter lately, Kevin, I'm trying to avoid it. I'm I don't, that's it. smart because you cannot overestimate the average sports fan. I'm sorry. I, I agree. A sports but... book. Uh, <laughs> it's not possible. I, and, and Hey, I'm a sports fan. I'm a big sports fan. There's plenty of, just, you know, really logical, smart people, too. People listening to this show right now, all about it. But yeah. the, the you know, the masses, and not even the masses, but, like, there's a, there's a large percentage of them who are just 
the worst. But they're not going to be convinced at a certain no, point. No, that's true. And I think I think you have to move on. I think for a while there, you say, at least in this era, oh, we don't have enough evidence. Okay, well that was silly because obviously we do. But okay, but then we have the Coleman run in the forty data point. We have the Marquise Goodwin data point, if you want to call it that. We have the DK Metcalf data. Good point. Or we just have the fact that people tune into track because they want to watch track and they don't want to just continually get beat over the head with these comparisons to other sports. It just feels like it feels like the T-shirt that says our sport is your sports punishment, which I do not like. Yeah, I think it overall comes back to. Do you want to actually like so so you're always trying to grow the sport and we we've talked about this a million times like there's just people just. A lot of people just are never going to care. They're going to care about the Olympics, and that's it, and that's fine. Like we, mm-hmm. but it, but it has a good following, and it's like, do you, you want to upset any of those people at the expense of trying to convince people who aren't really that interested? It's the same people who don't watch baseball but have all these opinions of that the games need to be shorter, and it's like, well, that, okay, that's well, who I am. You're not, yeah, yeah, you're not house. relevant. Sorry, Kevin. <laughs> like you, your opinions on baseball do not matter. You don't watch. No, what about uh, I watched. The Dodgers versus the Giants a couple of days ago, the last couple of days. Okay. So I do watch baseball. No, no, so but you got a little bit. Who am I in the track analogy? I'm a, I'm the purist who watches all 197 baseball games in this. Yeah, analogy. well, okay. that and that's the thing is like, do you you know it's it's I'll say you know everyone wants to have an opinion about everything and that's fine and I get the, I get the desire of of the ATL here like going like hey we're we started this league we're we're trying to get in new audiences we're trying to just get some audience in general um so i get you know you probably throw a bunch of stuff against the wall but like yeah just, i think overall you want to cater to the to the track fans it just feels like you're begging to be accepted even by the mainstream fans it's like you're coming at it from a position of we're not gonna stand on our own two feet with this we have to explain this to you and we have to justify how good we are in terms of football and you think of other even minor sports are they making the comparison to major? Oh, look at how fast he's skating. He would be way faster than. Give me a figure or a ice uh, hockey player quickly, quickly. A current one, Alex Ovechkin. Alex Ovechkin. Alex Ovechkin could not hold a candle to this. No, they're just they understand that, right? I would understand that someone who's a professional speed skater would be better than Alexander Ovechkin when it comes to pure speed, right? Even though I don't know much about either sports, by evidence by the fact that I did not know a hockey player right now. I was going to say Tamu Solani because he was really good. And was it NHL 95? Was that the video game that was amazing? Yeah, that was – I think I had 94. But, yeah, that, those whole 93, 94, 95, that's when I was – probably knew more players in the league than any time in my life. <laughs> I was trying to be current. In any event, I just – it just stuck out to me as, as a uh, – continuing trend here in in track and field that starts at their lowest levels and continues up it's just like the inferiority complex that exists is pretty pretty uh pretty hard to to fight back against that was just one of the meets this weekend we had a whole bunch of stuff portland track festival doha diamond league we had high school kids running fast college kids running fast we had an american record which we'll talk about Later, but should we start with the thing, Mo, in the 400, 49.68 in the West prelims? The prelims. Yeah. 
Not a final. We're not talking about a final. We're talking about prelims here. Uh, breaks the record held by Courtney Ocolo. Now holds the... This is crazy to say. Because no one thought this going into the year. I'm sorry. Nobody thought this. You may have been really big on the thing, Mo, but did you think by this point she'd have the collegiate record in the four, the eight outdoors, and then indoors in the eight? I don't think you did. And by you, Jason, I'm using the the broad you here. I don't think anybody. I didn't think. I didn't think it either, though. Admittedly, I didn't think anybody would have the four and eight record ever. No, that that usually does not happen. She's she's unbelievable. I mean, she. Just made it look really. She makes it look so easy too. I, I just I, you know, her running forty nine six, and I know we we had the four eight conversation with her, and we agree that eight is the smartest move because it's a, it's an easier path to a medal, mm-hmm. and even a even a shot at a gold medal. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas the four hundred, though, I think she would be kind of the unquestionable favorite for USA's. You'd have to conclude that. I mean, like I said, unless she just massively fades because of the college season, um, she's she's better than everybody right now. It's just not particularly close. I I agree. I mean, we're looking at Felix, who clocked another win uh, at the Atlanta or at the Atlanta. I keep saying once the Atlanta because I know because ATL. Yeah, the meet in Florida, right? She runs fifty fifty mid again. But I mean, you look at the look at the list right now. This is the this is the Top list in the world: Miller Weibel forty nine oh eight, Christine uh, Mboma of Namibia four nine two, Beatrice Masalingi forty nine fifty three, then a Thingmo forty nine sixty eight, Shermina Little forty nine ninety one, Quinera Hayes forty nine ninety two, Lena Irby fifty twenty eight. It's not like the U.S. doesn't have people, but right now they're quite a ways back from a Thingmo and. I mean, I don't know what Little's going to run. I assume she's going to try to run both, so that would knock off another person there. There's no Ajay Wilson in the four. Exactly. Yeah, that's so that's, that's really what it comes down to, unless, you know, Felix just gets fully into the time machine. And uh, I, I, like, I think well, Felix has an outside shot to break 50 this year, which is still incredible, but I just don't think she's going to be, you know, prime Allison Felix. You could see a situation where if they both ran at trials, Felix goes 49-8, and then Mo runs a still great time, but just because of all the rounds, runs 50.0 or something. That's not right. that's not crazy at all. Go back and look at all the people, uh, you know, NCAA champions who have to come back for trials. Some of them are amazing, but some of them some of them falter, obviously. What did you think of Felix's run? I mean, she beats Waddle and Jonathan, who was fourth in the world last year who doesn't look like she's in the same form as that, but just another win over a quality opponent and 50 mid just seems like her sweet spot right now. Yeah. I think, I, I think I'm, it's about where I, I, I thought she would be. Um, she obviously needs to take another step forward, but it's still, there's still time to do that. And I think it's a good, good step forward for what, what is to be what gold medal favorite or gold medal <laughs> contender, medal contender. Where I mean, is she right now in the helping, on the well, helping scale. As, as relatively weak as the women's US 400 is, she's still... I mean, 50 mid's not going to make the team, I don't think. Um, no, but the weather wasn't great. you got to No, no, no absolutely. And I think she can run faster than that. So I think she's yeah. in a decent spot. But, like, you don't... She's Alice Felix. I'll still trust her 
in the in the bigger moments too. But I don't think you want to be one of twelve women who have run fifty point three or fifty point two, like going into the trials, right? Like like I just want to see her just to keep progressing. But I think this is a good a good sign, and I. I think she will. Like I said, I picked her to freaking win USA. So I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm don't not walk away now, man. Everybody's against Felix wrong. on this. I just, you know, like I think it's good, but also, yeah, she's still working her way back too, which is to be expected. I think. I mean, her stock is just rising. Every race, I think all these wins matter. If you had a group of women who were 50 mid all year going into trials, and Felix is one of them. And I told you, hey, one of them is going to break 50 in the Olympic trials final. You'd say Felix. Yeah, for sure. Right? That's just, that's an easy And that's answer. what I'm saying. Like, I'm still betting on her because she's been doing this for coming up on 20 years. Like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and then you look, something I said earlier in the year that I regret, among a lot of other things, was, okay, and there'll be some collegian that emerges. And there might still be. There's a little bit of time left. But the collegian that emerged was a thing, Mo, who's going to run the 800. Yeah. That's, that's the person that is the threat from the NCAA level. She's not going to run the, eight, uh, the 400, probably. She said she's doing it just at NCAAs. So then that leaves, let's see, the next best collegian for, from the U.S., the reps of the U.S., is Kaylin Roberts, 50.8. So you'd feel good yeah. if you were Felix going into this race. You know everybody. The two people who were the best in 2019, Jonathan and Francis, haven't shown it yet. And then there's some people who are going to probably, you know, people like Little, who's going to be running the the four-meter hurdles. She's an X-factor in here. I think she's the favorite. for. Like, I think if you and your friends put this up on, Ve- on LasVegasGambling.com or whatever the website is, that's it, yep, right? That's that's it. Where, okay. Yep. You would, she's a favorite right now. I think she's a favorite in the U.S. Whew, yeah, it's it would be close. Like I said, if you absolutely a mo is it, you, you were not allowed to put her on the board, even on the outside possibility. She's the only one who I'd go. Okay, she's for sure better than Felix right now. Yeah, and I would not put her, in this scenario. I'm not putting her on the board. Like Felix right now. Let me give you a basketball comparison, Jace, so you can understand this. Felix right now is – she's LeBron up – no, she's she's Le, yeah, she's LeBron up 2-1 in a series. But, like, she started the season down 0-1. <laughs> and you were wondering, like, is she going to get back? And now that she's worked her way to this point, I just don't see her going back. Now, I understand the LeBron analogy might not be timely. And if it goes south for her, I apologize or <laughs> for, for, for cursing her. But, like, I didn't think she'd even get to this point where she is right now, winning all these races. And I'm not even really looking at the times because the weather has been garbage in a bunch of these. I'm, just, I'm looking at margin of victory. I'm looking at who she's beating, and I'm looking at the rest of the, the women throughout the world. And that's why I just feel, I feel good about, about this pick. Now, what if she doesn't run the 400? I was saying, then she's just going to run the 200 and just, no, just ruin no. this anyway. I think. Is there any chance she doesn't run the four now? Do you want to update that? Because I'm going to put it at zero. I think it, it would be insane. Like I said, unless she just literally goes, this is my final year. Well, I'm a 200 runner. Yeah. I want to run the 200. Like, that's the only scenario that makes any semblance of sense. But I can't imagine a scenario that also goes, 
it's my last year. I want to run the thing that I'm best at. Do you see any scenario where she doesn't make the final in the 400? Just injury. So, 1% chance? Right. Basically. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it, you know, she's in her, whatever, 18th year, 17th year. So maybe it's slightly higher than that because, because that's just the nature of the thing. But yeah, I, I feel, I feel really good about it. And I, like I said, I'll, I think I'll feel really good about her bare minimum making the team, if not winning the trials. Um, the way, if she just keeps looking more and more like herself, every, every race she runs and wins, obviously, it's just another, another step where I'm like, yeah, this is, this is going to happen. I mentioned little before she ran the four hurdles in this race, 53.12. That's the second fastest time of her career. Yeah. Got to watch out for little. Got to watch out for little. We have not seen Sydney run a four minute hurdle race. Dalil Muhammad was in this meet, but ran in the slow heat 55.01. I know we're still, let me pull up the trial schedule, see how many hours we are away, but it cannot come soon enough for Shamir Little. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, you know, she should still be third, but she's running extremely well. Um, I'm, I'm getting sure to the Muhammad point, th- I might regret this take, I'm sorry, Jason, for interrupting you, yeah. but it might be the point she's closer to first than she is to uh, fourth. And I did not Ooh. anticipate saying that at all, and it sounds a little crazy. That's what I'm saying she might. I'm qualifying it a bit here. Yeah, I guess it depends who you have fourth as well. Um Probably Spencer. Yeah. I mean, I, I, she's definitely separating herself there. Like, I I would assume Muhammad or, or Sydney will get there. <laughs> like, I mean, this was Muhammad's first race of the year. We've talked about the Sydney thing. Um, oh, speaking of which of that, we had the, we had, we talked about the, uh, getting the DM questions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we did have uh, Jack reach out. And this is, this is what he said last week. So he said it is uh, absolutely okay to, talk about it on the show so he goes to listen to you guys rant again about sydney running high hurdles uh to me it is so blindly obvious she and her coach have clearly decided that the best prep to win gold and break the world record this season is to improve her hurdling technique and improve her speed over the hurdles and it's working they are not uh sweating her making the team the focus is on readiness for the end of july early august so this early season for them training preparation wise uh there'll be plenty of tune-up 400 hurdles you know ahead so wait 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 wait, wait. there will be yeah. Well, so that's the thing. Okay, so I, I agree with the basic premise of what he's saying. She hasn't run a hurdle race in twenty months. High hurdle, hurdle, or low hurdle race. race, low hurdle race. Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. I, it's fine if she needs to work on something. Like that's totally cool. I get that, and I it, and that's fine. I mean, it, she could win the gold and, and set the world record this year, and that's fine. It, she's coming up on two years without running her event. That you can't tell me that's a good idea. That's insane. I mean, it might be. We don't know. <laughs> but, like, you also can't tell me that, like, if she was actually mixing it, that the super phenom, if she had mixed in a couple of her own races, like, she also maybe wouldn't have a career year. Okay. You know, like, yeah. just because if she wins the gold this year, that doesn't mean this worked. Yeah, no, I, yeah, and I'm saying it, I'm looking at it from the other angles, like, well, if she makes a trials, who cares? Or she makes a team, who cares, right? Yeah, I like, think she, she will. Like, she's too talented not to, but... I what I don't get. Okay, so we're twenty. I'm looking at this. The first heat or the first round is June twenty fifth. We're recording this on June first, so we're literally twenty four days from the first race. We tend to because I did some research on this. We tend to forget sometimes the lack of tune up races that big time athletes have. Um, mm-hmm. 
So I totally acknowledge that this could amount to absolutely nothing and she'd be fine and she'll do one or two races before trials and it'll just be a thing. Like we look back and be like, oh, she didn't need any tune-up races back in 2021 before she broke the world record. Eh, I guess not. Like that's a thing that happens that we forget about because why would we remember tune-up races when we have the trials to talk about a Diamond League season and the Olympics? What I don't get and what nobody's able to explain to me is like, why does she enter the races to work on the hurdle technique in an off event? That's one thing. The other thing is a, a lot's made of the improvement, but she didn't run the event in college or in her first years as a pro. So, yeah, she's improving race to race, but she never had a high benchmark like she did in the four hurdles, the open four, you know, the 200 even. She had collegiate high-level times in all those events. Uh, is she, yeah, the fact that she's getting down to where she's getting down to and she could be uh, in the mix to make the team is mighty impressive because we haven't seen dual hurdling at this level in a while. But it's also like she could have been a 12-6 hurdler freshman year at Kentucky too. There's a possibility, right? I mean, just with all the physical tools that she has, like she could have been this fast before and we just never knew it because she never ran the event. That's that's why I don't get it. Yeah, I also, how about just like you're one of the young stars of the sport. Run your event that you're a star in. Like, that matters to me. Like, watching athletes do their thing. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's you know, I, I they, she can do whatever she wants. And like I said, she's going to make the team. And she very well might end up winning gold and setting the world record. If she does, yeah. fantastic. I'm not rooting against her. I want to see one of the best athletes in the world do the thing they're the best at. Like, that doesn't seem like a crazy thing. All right, we've done this like three episodes. Let's yeah. move off of it. Okay, um, but let's stay on the four hurdles, but for the men. Because in Doha, we're jumping all over the world and all over different meets this week. That's yeah. just how it's going to be. That's just the nature of the show this week. So if you're someone who likes things going in linear order, then I'm sorry. Uh, Rye Benjamin got the win. Uh, we build it as him versus Samba, but Samba actually did not get second. He got fourth. Benjamin goes 47-38, Dos Santos of Brazil 47-57, and it prompted this question from Alicia in London. I'm going to read it to you. She says two words, Dos Santos. Uh, I'm sure you'll touch on this in the Doha Review, but the Brazilian Alison Dos Santos is one to watch. If any of the big three or McMaster misstep on the gold could be his. I don't think this is a stretch right now. He's young, fast, improving, and competitive. 47-57, he's up there. I love this extra year has given us someone new to have our eyes on. McMaster also new PB this year. And that can't be overlooked. Big five in the hurdles, Zillow, Sydney, Rye, Carson, and dare I say it, Alison Dos Santos over Samba. Or is it too early? Alicia asks. Is it a big six? Is it a big seven? Given how close the McMaster is to Dos Santos. And the next race needs to be Dos Santos versus Warholm. Desperate to see more. What do you think? Has Dos Santos done enough to supplant Samba in the let's just keep it for the on the men's side of things. Is it a big three? Is it a big four? Is it a big two? What is it? Um, well, so I mean, Kevin would say he's Dos Santos is already on the all decade team based on this performance. <laughs> so I, I think you know you're, you, that's the guy you need to ask for sure. Both decades, um, last one and this one. <laughs> Dos Santos is, I mean, he's twenty. Yeah. Um, he just ran really fast. A, a big PR for him. Um. I think he's on his way. I mean, I can't put him ahead of Samba yet, 
Samba's mm-hmm. obviously coming off the, the injury and he's working his way back. But Dos Santos is certainly without 100% Samba as well, um, putting himself on that metal possibility where it looked like a pretty solid three. And it yeah. still it could end up being that way. If if, if Samba is, ends up being 47-0, you know, 46-9 guy, maybe Dos Santos could get there this year. Maybe it'll take a couple years. Maybe never. I, I have no idea. Um, but 47-5, he pushed Benjamin really yeah. hard in this race. Yeah. And they were almost even with like 50 meters to go. Benjamin, uh, you know, closed out. Benjamin, 47-38, really solid, good, looked strong. Um, mm-hmm. You know, really want to see Warholm and him match up because that seems like the you know something that could really bring out something some really special time but mm-hmm. uh yeah i mean i'm i'm still you know i'm not out on samba yet he's got to get in a few more races obviously um because you know i want to see him do a little more but hey like i said dos santos 20 years old um i guess he'll be 21 tomorrow so or two days from now oh, so um never mind i'm out on him i don't like the 20 was, was in, <laughs> too old 47.5 at 20 yeah it- that's that's good enough for me it is weird seeing Benjamin get pushed by someone other than Samba and Warholm, and it's weird that he runs this fast and there's someone right there. It's obviously good for the sport. I also think it's cool if it does become a big, let's just say it's a big four, which McMaster's been running great. So if you open up to Dos Santos, you probably got to open up to McMaster too. You have four different continents there too. How many other yeah. events can say that? That's pretty impressive uh, and, and makes the event way more interesting. I'm inclined, and this is probably just biases, I'm inclined to say it's more likely a big two than a four or five, just because I don't see anybody, like I don't see Warholm or Benjamin losing now. I think there's been, um, I think they've separated themselves. I just, I'm worried about Samba, right? It's been a year and a half, almost two years. And I know it's the debut. Maybe I should wait, but I... It wouldn't surprise me if those two move ahead. The crazy reality is Dos Santos and McMaster in any other era would be gold and silver guys. Yeah. And they may not even be on the podium. You're going to see – I know we said this last year, but this is going to be the greatest hurdle final, low hurdle final in history in Tokyo. It's going to be – Yeah. It's going to be incredible. Even if it's not – even if the track's not fast or the conditions aren't good that day, you're going to see five of the best – of all time, I, you look at this the different PBs. So you have Warholm at forty six eighty seven. You have Samba and Benjamin at forty six ninety eight. You have McMaster at forty seven sixty, and you have Dos Santos a little bit ahead of that in forty seven fifty seven. So you have what four four people forty seven sixty or faster, like all time. Yeah. That's yeah, that's that's incredible. Um, Real quick, uh, I want to touch on a couple other ones from from Doha. I don't have much to add on Norman beating Curly and Zambrano, too, the silver medalist. Don't forget about him from Doha. 44-2 again. It just looks to me, from the untrained eye, it looks like Norman is taking this slow. He's just in control. He's just going to run clock out, clock in, clock out, run some 44s, and keep his powder dry, as they say overseas. Yeah, I think that's accurate because, I mean, 44-2 is a very solid time, but it's not like, you know, it's when Michael Norman, he's like so incredible. We're like, oh, okay, 44 low, that seems like about normal. But he 
basically coming off that final turn. He was in the lead, but, you know, they were guys right there. And then the way he just, he kind of easily accelerated to just, in those last, like, 60 meters, just to go, like, okay, I've got this. He does look more in control, and and I think you're probably right. It, It seems after last year that he's just like, hey, just, you know, I'm the best, I'm the guy to beat. I don't need yep. to. I don't need to throw down forty three five every week. Um, I'm just gonna just gonna do this. Um, so yeah, I, I'm. I, I think Norman. You know, he's very. I mean, he's the, he's he's the favorite. Obviously, we knew that already. But I, I, yeah, I think he'll slowly ramp it up. I'm sure we'll see him in the forty threes by by trials time. Um, Are you prepared to live in a world where Fred Curley is top three in the United States in the? Or in the world in the four hundred, I mean he's. Or sorry, in the hundred, and he currently. Yeah, sits. that's the thing. Is he a better hundred meter runner or four hundred? I honestly, I still don't know. Forty four six, you know, lost to Zimbrano. Him and Karani James finished neck and neck. Yeah, I take Karani running a little bit. Forty four sixty one. That's that's something. No, I'm excited. Like, is Karani going to finish ahead of Van Niekerk? That's an interesting. I'm not ready to have this conversation. I'm sorry. Okay. I, can't, I can't. Well, it's just yet. weird because you would have thought that. Van yeah, Nick I would have thought Karani James was in the that ship has sailed. Yeah, no, he's he was in Trayvon Bramell. Him and Trayvon Bramell were just like hanging out, mm-hmm. and everyone was like, "Cool guys, enjoying retired life, huh?" And then they were just like smiling at each other, like, "Yeah, they don't know." Dude, and this then, is yeah. this is James this year: forty four eighty eight, forty four seventy four, and then the forty four sixty one. That's pretty solid. He that could is. Be a, he could be a fringe metal guy. Uh, also, he's only twenty two. It's pretty crazy. I did not know that about <laughs> Karani James. Okay. Kenny B, 9-8, Just a the great racer with DeGrasse, who runs yeah, 1989. Really good. Yeah, good racer with him. And then Fraser Price, man. Man. Fraser Price, 1084. Shakira Richardson scratched, so we didn't get to see mm, those two match up, which, which was a bummer. Because, you know, 1084, it's like, all right, it's a pretty fast day. Let's see what Shakira can do over in Europe. But Fraser Price is going to be ready. Any idea that she's. <laughs> done after Doha or isn't going to be your... No, it's, it's done. It's over. It's over. There's there's four women who can win the 100-meter gold this year. Fresh Price, Thompson, Hurrah, Shakira Richardson, and Dean Asher-Smith. That's it. That's the list. Yeah, and, and it's very possible I get that list down to two at a certain point, but it's... The other two have the talent, but these... Shakari yeah. and, and Fraser Price... If Shakari is who she has been for the first you know couple couple months here... Yeah. Um... I just, but Fraser Price, I just, yeah, she just, watching her, there's no one I've Mm -hmm. ever seen who gets into, like, full sprinting speed quicker. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like she's the best starter. She's not, like, you know, necessarily Justin Gatlin or or Christian Coleman, like, flying out of the blocks. But it's like she starts, and then after three meters, it looks like she's at the 50-meter mark. Like, she's in perfectly with her stride. It's so fast, and then she's just, like... There's not even that adjustment, you know. It's like okay, Bolt, he's he's picking up speed. You can see it. Fraser Price does that from like the gun. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's so awesome. I want to talk about these two high school performances, and then I'm going to play a game of Jason's panic button, and you're going to tell me how <laughs> much these people should be panicked. Hobbs Kessler though breaks the high school 1500 meter record <laughs> held by Alan Webb. You're laughing. Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> he ran thirty three thirty four. Yeah. That's, it's absurd. Holy crap! Like that's sorry, that's just insane. Do you know what I'm? And obviously, hats off to him. 
it was an amazing performance. Any other year, this probably would have been pre-weekend. And I wanted to see him do it in a mile. And I'm not a big, like, the mile is the best thing in the world. Like, right. As people know who listen to this podcast, I'm pro-1600. I'm yep. not a 1500 guy. I'm not a mile guy. I'm a 1600 guy. Four laps. Just just makes sense. Everybody can relate to four laps. Um, but this would have been cool at, at like, a, to, to do a mile and to do it at pre, 20 years after Webb. There's no doubt that 334 is better than a 353 mile. Like, there's no yeah. one's disputing that. That doesn't make sense. But it's just annoying to do the conversion. And he'll get in a mile eventually. I'm assuming soon. I know he's going to try to, looks like he's going to try to quadruple at his high school state meet, which by the way, that's an amazing way to prep for the Olympic trials. I'm going to run a 334 in a pro meet. Then I'm going to go back and quadruple at my state meet. And honestly, if you run 334 in a pro meet, you need to quadruple at your, at your high school championship, right? Oh, you like, need I to need be to doing, you I need, need to everything. be ta- yeah, take six AP tests the morning of, you need to like <laughs> max squat. You need to do all sorts of stuff to try to keep it level. But I mean, I said this when you're in the 357, the 357 is different than 359 and you need to look at people differently. We can't just lump every sub four person together as if they're the same. He's training like a pro. That's obviously helping. This race in general, Jace, was fast. Like he hopped in, he caught a good one. And we've talked about how 1500s, not always a safe bet, but Craig Angles leads the way, smashes that 335 barrier. He needed, yeah, he needed that. That's got him back in the mix because he just hadn't looked great this year yeah and he was able to take advantage of the uh, the opportunity but uh, yeah i, I mean know. we i mean you already mentioned it but like the the sub four thing you know we got we mentioned it every year and it became a thing 334 will get me laughing because it's that's and that's not the new standard because that's absurd um but this that that's just i, I blew my mind like i couldn't <laughs> It didn't register right away. That he ran 334? Yeah, that's just like, okay, yeah. The, if a college kid does that, that's insane. Yeah, it's faster than the NCAA record. Yeah, that's that like is where you just go, wait, what? Like That seems <laughs> impossible. So I, kudos to him. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like If he would have run 351 in the mile or whatever, yeah, it would have even been more like, what? <laughs> but, um, man. Like I said, perfect race for him to get in. He's, you know, he finishes fifth right in the middle of the pack. Uh-huh. It was very similar to the web race. Like it just, it no set Garouge. Up... Instead of Garouge, it was uh, Craig Engels. Yeah, no, but I mean, just as far as like, hey, you, you're, you're get in the right setup and it just makes things yeah. so much easier. I mean, it's never easy to run 334, but still. Yeah, the rabbiting was really good in this. You can have a lot of fast people, but if the rabbiting is not good, doesn't matter. I, did not have him on my list of people even a month ago of, hey, no. there'll be a handful of guys who have the standard going into the Olympic trials. Hobbs Kessler will be one of them. <laughs> I guess I should have. I would and, have been – I would have said that was ridiculous, but – Right. Um, I think he said think, after the race, he, he thought 336 would have been amazing. And, like, he didn't think that was – you know, could, could break that. And then – so he, he exceeded his own, you know, I'm sure high expectations. Yeah, and you have a situation now where you got – a bunch of U.S. guys with the with the standard. Uh, you also have a situation where you have two college kids who are looking really good right now in Nagoose and Hawker. Mm. By the way, Nagoose ran his three thirty four in a prelim where he won by a million seconds. And then you got you got Kessler. So you got a lot of youth here. 
I'm still rolling with Centro. I mean, he ran, he looked, he ran an 800 at this meet and ran 146, which was pretty good compared to his 150 from before. Yeah, so I think, that's... I think, I mean, that's talk about an improvement over a couple of weeks. But do you think Kessler has a chance to make the team? Like, I guess, I guess if you run 334, you have to have a chance, but I'd be surprised just because he's a high school kid. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Like it, just because in the the depth is there, right? There's a number of guys who are in this range, so you you can't count them out completely because, like I said, the dudes run three thirty four. But it just seems like man, the fifteen hundred's so tough. And is it? I mean, if if the race breaks like this, he's going to finish fifth. Like I don't know. Like it'll be incredible if he he gets to the final and he's there with a lap to go. That's mm-hmm. more than amazing. And like I said, he'll have a shot and. It would be really cool, but I just, I guess I'm just going to probably always pick against the high school kid in that scenario. Rounds, man. Yeah, the rounds and just the the, the tactics, all all that stuff that comes into play that you generally don't really have to worry about when you're the best high school runner in the country. (laughs) Um, I don't know. It's just, but it's different too because he's not running like a high schooler. I know he's competing at his his state sure. meet. But yeah. like he's been I mean he came out here to Austin to run a race. He ran in that pro meet indoors. He's competing at a on a schedule that's more in line with what you'd see from a professional runner than you would college or high school. With the exception of quadrupling at his state meet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and maybe he's second. you know, maybe he's more Allison Felix, you know. It, it's like where it's like, hey, this this kid is like beyond his years and he's not going to be at all overwhelmed by this. And I'm not saying like, it's just, it's, I don't think that's something like I would put on anybody. It's just such a huge, it's just a different type of running too. Yeah. It's it's just, it's so different. So if you could do it amazing, but it's just like, it's as, as insane as running 334 is making the team is even more insane. Yeah. That would be a step up for sure. For sure. Cause there's just not a lot of people that young. We always, we pay attention to the, you know, Felix and Kane, all those people. But in track, it's rare for someone that young to pull it off. And it's not, you, and you throw in the fifteen hundred on top of it, which is yes. not just a fastest guy makes the team. Right? You no, know, it's it's like hey, well, in to, that race, in that race, the fastest guys make the team. Yeah, they total up the time. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Uh, yeah, Arian Knighton in the two hundred. Now he's actually pro. Yes. He's actually pro. High school junior, 20.11 wins in Florida. Are you laughing again? You said junior, and that just made it funny again. Sorry. <laughs> this is great. This is, I should, we should do a segment where Jason laughs at ridiculous teenage Because it's just sometimes you just have to just shake your head and just be like, wow, this is incredible. U18 record is his, beating one Usain St. Leo. Leo Usain Bolt. Only two one hundredths off Lyles' high school record as well, too. Yeah, he won this race, and uh, the announcers did not know who he was. That's not good. <laughs> Which, I mean, he was not expected to win this race. You know, uh-huh. Bramell was in there. Um, it was not a 200 runner, so I'm not, it's not a big deal for, sure. for Bramell necessarily. But it's just like, yeah, he, it was his PR before this, like 20.3 something. He's been on the circuit, right? Yeah, so I mean, on, like he's. he's but like twenty point three to twenty point one one, 
is a massive leap. He um, had that good. He had that good. Uh, he had that good hundred though recently. So yeah, twenty point three. You're right. But then he had the was it the wind aided nine ninety nine. Oh, that's right. Okay. In the beginning of May, I mean it's plus two point seven. Still though, Still. I mean that's which isn't like it's big wind, but not crazy wind, and under ten, it's enough where you know it's it's absurd, and he's just the fact that he's a he was a high school junior in that race probably should have gotten a, a shout out before the gun went off even. Um, but twenty point one one, that's incredible. It's you know he's like I said right there with Lyle's record. Um, the 200's a mess, but he, he, I don't think he's there this year. But, like, the future, obviously, is just so high. I think the the 200's clean it up, actually. I don't think it's a mess as much. I think... <sighs> don't let well, it fool talk- you, Kevin. Just don't don't let it get to you. <laughs> I'm getting telling you, I've so. been down this road. <laughs> this is the year. It all clears up. We'll talk about Lyles in a second. But I think you could put him on the top three. Bednarik, I think you put him on the top three. And Laird, yeah. what he's doing at LSU is just yeah. amazing. He's just cranking yeah. out sub-20s. I think those are your top three, and then you'd put Knighton in that next that next group. And if anything happens to that top three, I think Knighton's got a chance to sneak on. I really do. I really do. The the twenty point three to twenty point one though would be the if you're going to make an argument against it happening, that's it. Of just like okay, I need to see this consistently happen because yeah, twenty point one could maybe get on a team, but like a twenty point two five that's going to be tough. So yeah. it would if we see him again before. The, the trials, you know, you'll obviously want to see him win. That's helpful. But uh, a time that shows that he kind of backs up that 20.11, that it just wasn't just a one race um, jump. Because um, people thought the 10, you know, the 20.3, he had 20.3, 2031, 2033, 2039 over the last couple of years, right? He was pretty solid in that 20.3 range and then makes the bump up. So can he continue to go there? I... <laughs> I think he might be able to just with this the schedule he's running is small. Like he's not over racing. He's raced. Yeah. He's raced seven times. Well, if you count actually six meets, it looks like he's he's raced in this entire year. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. He's keeping the race count low. He's running against quality fields, not extending himself too much. Maybe he could be Lyles in 2016. I, I mean, it's gonna be tough to get on that team. But they yeah, just looking now because you do have more. So Lyles, Benaric, that's. I mean, Laird, Laird has the fastest time in the world this year, so I obviously should just shrug that off. But Benaric's run nineteen eight like feels like twenty times in a row now. Like, yeah, high nineteen eight, low nineteen nine. Lyles has only run nineteen nine, but he's he's no Lyles. Like I'm just gonna keep giving him the benefit of the doubt. Um. So if Laird is well, this is Laird. At, Let me tell you, Laird this year. Can I tell yeah. you Laird this year? Please. Uh, so he's raced a lot. He is on the opposite end of the Knighton train, though. So these are okay. So nine eighty one legal, nine eighty two two point with a two point four, nine eighty two legal, nine ninety four with a wind. Okay, then hundred meter times he's run nine eighty. These are all windy, but whatever. Nine eighty ten flat ten flat. That's pretty good. So he's run yeah, three times ten, ten flat or faster, and he's run four sub 20s yeah that's a pretty so 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 you got those three who seem really safe and then you have three other guys from the u.s in the 20 so far this year 
Lang, Bowling, and Fanbule. I have no idea how to Fanbula, say that. Fanbule, yeah. yeah. Yeah, from Florida. Um, not to say he couldn't get into that group, because it's 2011, 2008, 2006, 2005. Like, they're, they're, you know, yeah. they're all in the same ballpark. But yeah, with the, with the one off 2011, still incredible. And he mm-hmm. could certainly do it, do it again. And, and if he does, you know, if he's high 20-0s, low 21s consistently, then it's he's got the outside shot. But really, something would have to go wrong. Those the, those three look really solid, so something's going to go wrong. So at least two of them will be solid, and then you might well, have a chance for one spot. I mean, those three names that you mentioned are all college kids too. In addition to Laird, that before that's yeah. going to be a, that's going to be a, a, some of them are going to struggle just because of how long the season is. I wonder though, there's going to be a random hundred meter guy who just misses in the hundred, but's running well and tries to sneak in in the two. I think that's going to be the a threat as well. But yeah, it looks it looks more solid than in years past. I got to ask you about Lyles though, and he'll be yeah. our first her first contestant on the panic button. So you can rank panic button from uh, the darkest shade of red all the way to the deepest shade of let's just say blue. Pick any color in between. So red Lyles. is the most panicky, and blue is the most calming, not panicky. Yeah, presumably. let's do that. Okay. Let's play. Let's play mood ring. Gotcha. Okay. Track and field edition. Lyles runs a hundred ten point oh five. Loses to Isaiah Young, who runs a nine eighty nine legal. Yeah. And high schooler Jalen Slade was third with a ten oh nine. What is your mood about <laughs> Noah Lyles right now? So. I'm still light blue. The only reason I'm at least light blue because he's he's too talented unless just there's some injury that we don't know about to just like not make the team or not make a final. Like the 200 is just not that deep and he's just even on a bad day, he's really good. But he went from being like unquestioned without any doubt gold medal favorite to like show me something. Right, like just looking at it, his year, he's run the hundred. I mean, I guess four meets and three of them were heats, but you know, ten oh eight, ten one seven, ten ten, and ten oh five, and that was in Claremont, so that translates to a ten thirty, I think. <laughs> um, and then in he's run one two hundred nineteen point nine. He's going to be fine because he's Noah Lyles, and I just have too much faith in him. But, like, the tiniest little, like, chink in the armor of, like, being vulnerable to not win gold, like, that, that snuck into my subconscious now where before it was just like, okay, well, that's, that's a guarantee. No one can mess with that. I looked at the uh, color spectrum here on Google, and I'm going to – you went light blue. I'm going to go with green. I'm going to oh, go with green. Okay. Yeah, I'm well, a and, more and I guess I was going exclusively for the 200, but if we're talking about the 100, yes, that's what I'm going to talk about. Okay, because the, if, if, yeah, if we're talking about the double, like, I don't know if he's making my team. In the 100, right now. Yeah. Romel, like, Gatlin, Baker, Young. Like, I just, man, he hasn't broken 10 this year. What What is happening? That's weird. Well, that's a, this is happening under the radar. And again, it's going to be one of those things. Where if he qualifies, we're going to totally sweep it under the road. We're not going to talk about it. It's not going to be a big deal. But you got several guys who have run under 10 win legal this year. So I'll, I'll name them again. Bromel, Young, Curly, who we don't think is going to run. So you could take him out. Baker is three. 
Javon Martin from Florida State is four, Cravon Gillespie, five, Kyrie King, six, Justin Gatlin, seven. Yeah, the fact that he's not on this top 20 list for the year is slightly concerning. He sits there at 22nd with a 10.03. That's, it's maybe not fair to compare, put Lyles on that, on that scale of like, okay, double or bust. But making but it the is team fair the t- because he's been a he's a super duper star. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I kind of I assumed he'd make the two hundred. So that's just not right. Well, that's the thing is like he's he's become the unquestioned favorite of the world for a gold medal in in one event, and then the biggest rival gold medal cinch for the other event fell off so it was like hey and he's you know he's never been a full hundred guy but he's obviously run some good you know he's run nine eight multiple times um yeah i guess i need to see more hundreds or sorry more two hundreds i've seen enough hundreds to to say you know i'm very i'm extremely concerned but the 200 uh you know the 199 he beats Benaric. Benaric's good so it's not it's not a bad victory. I bet my house on Noah Lyles. I literally said I would bet my house on Noah Lyles in the 200. So I need him to not I need it not to be in the green. I need it to be in the light blue. Yeah, so but I like, it was light blue for for the 200, but for the 100 I'm like I'm further than green. Let me look let me look up here. Uh are you into yellow? Yeah, I'm like a mustard yellow. Okay. Next person. Shelby Houlihan, who's scratched out of the 1500. Yeah. Shelby. It's another person who, like, I'm, she's so talented, and it's like, oh, she'll be fine. She'll be fine. And then you look up, and it's May. And it starts to become a little concerned. Like, I'm just like, is she hurt? Like, what? what's the deal? We don't know. That's, we don't that's, know. I mean, you can, you can pick up a, you know, there's rumors here and there, but you don't know any of it until... She shows up, and again, look at Shelby. So look at Shelby in – do you have your Tila page up? Yeah. Was it – how many races did she run before 19 USAs? Do you have that so in front of you? Before 19, we've got – How many 1500s did she run is what I mean. Sorry. Oh, one. Right. And and it was 359. <laughs> it was her PR for the year. <laughs> right. And maybe that's not what's going to happen this time. Right. Maybe that was that happened and it was a totally different scenario, but like that's a possibility. She also ran an indoor season that year. So we had seen her. We have not seen Houlihan race since December fourth of twenty twenty when she ran a fifteen oh two five K. Did you give me the color? I didn't yet. Um Cause only it's because of the injury thing, because I think if she's if she's there She's feeling okay. I'm not worried about her. She's just so good. Um, but it's still it scares me that she hasn't run. So I'm going to say turquoise. So turquoise. like in between blue and green. <laughs> turquoise is Jason's mood on yeah. Hulan. Yeah, at least Cranny won that race um, in 4.02. Okay, I'll give you another Bowerman person. Evan Jager, because he wasn't on the list. We've only seen Evan Jager you know, appear in one sequel when he rabbited for 2K. Sean McGordy a couple weeks ago at Mount Sac. We still have not seen Jager. Orange. I'm ready. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm ready to go full orange for Jager. Yeah, I don't. There's something off about Jager. Uh, you know, and 
the steeple is has it's not like it used to be. I think we talked about this before, where he's just, he's so be. much better than everyone else that he even a you know mediocre or bad performance by him is fine. Like if he's just not himself, he's he's might not he's not gonna make the team. <laughs> like all right, what if I told you this though? Let me see if this changes your mood. Okay. And okay, um, guess how many steeples he ran before the 2016 Olympic trials? <laughs> Say one. Correct. Guess how many steeples he ran before the 2017 U.S. champs? One. Zero. That was his debut. <laughs> Uh, 2018 USA's. How many did he run? I'm going to stick with one. Correct. So there's some precedent there, but he raced more frequently. I mean, we got he he did show up in 2021, ran a fast uh, 3K. Saw him do some other things. Or sorry, in 2020 he ran a fast um, 5K, 13:12. This year he's run a 3K. I I guess. No, but I'm also, gonna... here's here's something interesting. 2016 okay. at Nationals, 822. 2017 at Nationals, 816. 2018 at Nationals, 820. The, th- those aren't guarantees like they used to be. Oh, interesting. Okay. Interesting. How many guys can run sub-820 now in the U.S.? Well, Mason Furlick just ran another 818, so he's clearly proven himself. Uh, McGordy, his teammate, 820 low. Keeter ran really fast. Hillary Borders won a diamond league. Yeah, okay. Justified. Justified. How about this one? Donovan Brazier. I didn't anticipate saying this, but he won that 800, but it was close. It was, and he seemed like he, like, kind of didn't realize how close it was, and did he get a little bit lazy with that? Possibly. No, likely. (laughs) Um, But uh, I'm blue. Blue? Yeah. I mean, like, if, like, Deep Blue is, like, you know, hey, no question gold medal winner, like, I'm still, at like, a, a Royal Blue level. Royal Blue for Brazier. Uh, how about Galen Rupp? No, he just, he lost a 10K, but. Yeah, I'm not, I'm real, real orange on him on the track. Yeah. <laughs> Red even. I don't, I don't think that's his, it's, that's his future. Okay, how about this one? Molly Huddle. Fifteen twenty four in a five k that Emily Sisson won in fourteen fifty nine. I think we talked about this before, and I think I'm a hundred percent in the five k. She's it's it's not there. It's done. There's too many amazing U.S. women. Um, I just don't think she can. She, I mean, she's been running the marathon the past couple of years. Right, like, correct. That, that, that's going from the marathon back to the five k is is a very long road. Uh-huh. Um, I, I still hold on to hope for her in the ten k. Yeah, what's the what's the? Uh, but even in the ten k, I'm I'm light green. Light green. Wow. Okay, you're optimistic. I'm full on red. In the ten k, even. I'm full on red in the ten k. Okay. I mean, here's. I mean, do we need to go through the list here? Of oh, man, I accidentally closed my color. Probably spectrum. not. You're, you're probably going to make me uh, move my color deeper. No, it's fine if you you have a good instinct about these things. I but, just I, I such a Molly Huddle fan, but the track I mean, who could be doesn't gone. who doesn't believe in 
and Molly Huddle. Like she's come through every time, but it's just we got multiple performances um, where she's been off. Yeah. So you got <clears throat> Cranies are in thirty forty seven. Schweizer's run 3047. Sisson, 3049. Huddle has a 3058. Okay, so good. That's solid. Hall, Infeld, Schneider, Monson, Rogers, Taylor. I mean, here's Sticking what. Here's what Sticking with light green. Here's what, boy, here's what is going to make the difference here, I think, is what happens in the 5K at the beginning of the meet. Because. That's true. I'm assuming Schweizer's going to make it, right? Um, yeah, should. Cranny might even make it. So let's just say those two. Heck, even Schneider might make it. I mean, I don't think it'll work out that perfectly. But that would be the best case scenario. If that's the best case scenario, you got Sisson. I'm confident that Sisson is ahead of her. And yeah. then you have people like Enfeld, Hall, Monson. And I think where where it's going to get tricky is if is if like Schneider doesn't make it or if Cranny doesn't make it. And it's going to be really difficult. It's going to be really difficult. So I'm, I picked her at the beginning of the year. You're full uh, on red, though, huh? I am full on red. I mean, let's look at these performances. I mean, a a fifteen twenty. You just look at the time fifteen twenty. I know that doesn't tell the whole story, but you talked about Jager and the steeple. The times not being what they used to. Fifteen twenty now is not what it used no, to be. No, it's not. So she had a DNF in March, then she had a 1523 in Mount Sac, and then now a 1524 in this race. And in this race, I also like to look at who they're competing against. Obviously, Sisson beat her, then Markovic, and then Erica Kemp ran 1510. So another American, a non Sisson American, beat her by 14 seconds in this race. Yeesh. It's not that's, great. That's where I'm at with it. Okay. Let's go to the women's 800. So GDS won that race. She's not an 800 meter runner. And she still ran 158. Impressive. Sutherland 158. But I want to go back in six there. Raven Rogers. This will be mm-hmm. our last one. Raven Rogers finishes sixth. Yeah. It's. Raven Rogers, I mean, she kind of obviously came out of nowhere and stole a medal last year, which was awesome. Like, not out of nowhere, but she was, you know, no one had her as a medal winner. That was mm-hmm. not not happening. Um, so you have Aji Wilson. You have a thing, Mo. Hopefully, Faith Kipyagon does not run the 800 for their sake. Because, my Wait, God, you're talking she about, looked so good. Oh, you're talking about, you're talking about the world. Not even no, no, I know. I just, I'm, I'm just looking at the year, the yearly list, and then it reminded me of watching Kipyagon in that Diamond League. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, holy crap. Like, I, I know she's not going to run the 800. She's a 1500. And then it just made me think how Kipyagon is like the most underrated runner in track and field, probably. Um, so you have those two. And then you have a bunch of women who can run 158. Um, I mean, this year, let's see. So you have, you know, Sutherland, Kate Grace, Chanel Price, Corey McGee. It's it's a little concerning. I still think she's the favorite for third, but I think she's more in the favorite in a big group, and there's no longer like this gap. Um, and so that worries me. So I'm Do also gonna go think... green on her. Yeah, I'm a light green. I'm a light green. Okay. Here's what's gonna push her over the top. 
Is it a net plus or net minus to be racing on a track where outside there's a ginormous tower with your face on it? Because that's mm. what Raven Rogers has going for. I think that's going to spur your confidence, you know? Okay. Like on the backstretch of that second lap where you're really feeling it. You look up at the tower? Yeah, you just go, hey, wait, I can do this. I'm on the towerman. <laughs> All right. That was this edition of Mood Ring featuring Jason Halpin. <laughs> I hope no one else has done that segment because I like to keep it. There was a lot more worry this time than the time we did it last time when it was basically, eh, no worries all the way around. Let's, I think we should do it every week until we get to the yeah. trials. There's always somebody that we could talk about. All right, let's talk American record Jason. Maggie Malone breaks the javelin. Mark, she runs, runs. She throws 66-82. She ran with it and then threw it. 66.82. The existing mark was 66.67. Now it's time to play the American record song. Hey man, did you see that record? No, not a world, but an American record. Maybe it was a world record too. It was the best performance by an American citizen Or a relay team composed of American citizens And an athletics event within the United States or abroad Hey man, did you see that American record? Congrats to Maggie. If you're listening to this, you probably have no idea what all that is about. But she would have to feel honored. She'd go like, really? Did they write that song for me? Like, I'd be pumped. All the greats got to hear that song. Every single one. Email time, Jace. Yeah. Houseofrun at gmail.com is the email address. Let's go back to Alicia in London. She had some other points here. Yeah. She says, on your most recent pod, you mentioned... Athletes Felix would need to beat <clears throat> in the Olympic 200. As a European, I love that you recognize Munjinga Kambunji as part of the field, but two words, Sharika Jackson. Sharika Jackson is always there or thereabouts, a solid all-round sprinter, but rarely mentioned in the athletics world in previous predictions, etc. 400 meter bronze in 2015, wow, 2016 and 2019, 200 silver medal at the Commonwealth Games in 2018 between Sean A and R. Diener. 4x4 four four and 4x1 four world championship gold medalist, 1104-2205-4947, Sharika Jackson. I'm not even sure what event she will go for in Tokyo, but Sharika Jackson. If Nasser and Miller Weibo aren't in the 400, Sharika Jackson? <laughs> I like that. That's I good. do like that too. I, In my head, I always think of Sharika Jackson as a 400-meter runner. Um, Same. I, yeah. I mean, I honestly, I would. Uh, Twenty-two oh five is is surprising to me. I wouldn't have, would not have guessed that. But yeah, three-time bronze medalist also would have undersold her on that. I'm sure if you ask me. Um, but I agree. She doesn't get mentioned enough. Uh, definitely, if the four hundred falls, like you know, no Nasser Miller, whatever, she she should be there um, to have a chance. So yeah, I'd be. I guess I just would be surprised if she's on in the two hundred. But maybe she does it a lot, and I just don't pay atten- enough attention. Events fall apart all the time. We talked about this with the yeah. 200. It's personal for you in the 200. But, it like, is. you could go back and look at every major championship and find at least one event where things compl- completely collapse, either due to injuries, suspensions, DQs, 
other weird stuff that happened and the seas part and people are able to take advantage of it. And maybe it'll be Jackson. Maybe it'll be Felix. We don't know. Maybe it won't be the women's 400. Maybe Miller Weibo and Nasser will run even faster than they did in Doha. And then there'll be another person that we're not, one of the, the women from Namibia will run, you know, 49-1. And then it will be a complete closed event. No one will be able to, to medal because those two were so dang good. But you just don't know. You just yep. don't know. So the thing, to, what Felix, where she's at right now is in a good spot. Just keeping herself in the mix. It's kind of like Des Linden's whole thing, the keep showing up thing. Just I'm going to keep banging out these mid-220s, low-220s, and eventually I'm going to catch the right day. And she did. Alicia says she could write more about other athletes, but I'll leave you with these names slash two words as they are on my mind this weekend. Johannes Vetter, Damian Warner, Yulemar Rojas. Things are really heating up. Um, yeah, Rojas is probably going to get the world record this year in the triple jump, which will be mm-hmm. fun. Warner had a big score in the uh, decathlon as well. Let's go now to uh, let's go to let's go to Kyle, <clears throat> formerly of South Dakota, now from Wisconsin, and filling the role of Milwaukee Bucks correspondent for House of Run. Yes, <clears throat> great to see. You. By the way, I still haven't heard from uh, Liam to explain why he's a Sixers fan. I think I want to call that out right now. He says, great to see the Bucks sweep in round one, as they should, but haven't in the past. The loss of starter Dante DiVincenzo for the season will be a big loss, but it seems every championship team had an unexpected bump on the road to overcome. To answer one of your questions from last week, Fear the Deer isn't officially used a lot this year by the mm. team, but it is definitely huge in the fan base here. I guess it is like everyone here referring to the Brew Crew for the Brewers, and that was pushed by the team in maybe the 70s. The area around Pfizer Forum has been really built up the last couple of years and with restaurants and bars and is now the Deer District. That's I like that. We are drawing huge crowds watching on outdoor screens, so I'm hopeful we can get fans to the trials in Hayward. Uh, Kevin, was, I haven't heard... That you. was announced, right? They're going to do some fans. <clears throat> oh, yeah. They're going to... What, 40%? They say the ex- oh, do they say a number? I know they announced NCAAs as well, too, which is also at oh, Hayward. Maybe, so maybe be that fan. was the number I saw, but I did see they announced fans, so... Yeah. Continuing with this email. He says, Kevin, I haven't heard you mention this on the show, so I'm not sure if you saw this. Within the same few days of the birth of Miles, Sully, Jared Ward posted on Instagram the birth of his most recent child. However, in an attempt to one-up you, he mentioned that the delivery came fast and the midwife didn't make it in time, so he ended up delivering the child. <laughs> what? I could not do that. Just wondering if you and he had a beef and he was looking to show you up. More from Milwaukee next week. Let me know if you have any questions or on-the-ground research you would like done. That is Kyle. All right. There's a couple things Jared Ward can do that I can't. One, run a marathon that fast. Two, deliver a child. I don't think I could do it. I just don't. Like, I think there's equal chances of me running a 209 <laughs> as there are being able to pull that off. <laughs> Credit to him. Props to him. Jared's yeah. a really nice guy. We called the 2019 cross-country championships together, NCAA cross-country champs together. So we do not have a beef mm. uh, as far as I know. He was nothing but polite and gracious and fun to work with but he secretly has a grudge against you that you don't know about <laughs> but he hates me because i've said bad things about byu what do you have any questions about on the ground research for kyle in milwaukee hmm i, I no i don't think so i mean I, I think everything's everything's looking good right now right i mean this is the the, the brooklyn buck series is that's going to be just Awesome. That's the finals. Yeah, right? I mean that's, that's the finals. That, that it could be. Um, 
it certainly look especially if Embiid's hurt at all. It's it's basically this team's making the finals. Whoever whoever goes there, so can't wait to watch. This you know, winning like, the such beautiful like basketball chemistry like the Bucks, and then just like overwhelming superstardom of of the Nets. It's going to be interesting. It's kind of a bummer that they're playing this early. It is, to be honest. Yeah, and even with the West, I mean, when's the last time an East semifinal you could say has the two best teams in it? But with what's happening in the West, I think you have to at least entertain the possibility. That these are the the best two teams. In any event, Brian, emailer formerly from Raleigh, now and from Pennsylvania, but now from Boulder. Drink. Just when I thought I had the men's fifteen hundred for the Olympic trials all figured out, Hobbs Kessler's run was insane. From what I've heard slash read, he had some pretty impressive leg speed. The men's fifteen hundred used a tactical and a slow race. Maybe he could snag a spot on the team. It's unlikely, but I really want to see it happen. He doesn't have the experience that many of the others in the field have. He's young, and he hasn't been running for that long. The rounds might be an issue, but as of right now, he's third fastest American at the 1500 this season. Will Magoose Tier Hawker be tired from the college season? Hawker's doing the 15-5 double at NCAAs. That surprised me since he has a legitimate shot at making the team as well. There are 8 to 10 guys who could make the team, and it wouldn't surprise me. Central, Angles, Thompson, Nagoose, Wynn, Kessler, Tier, Hawker, Blankenship, and I'm probably missing people. Is it time to panic, he asks, for Lamong, Houlihan, and Jagger? Ooh, did two of answer them. two of those questions. There are rumors that Shelby ripped a fast time trial this past weekend. Lopez didn't look that great, and his close close wasn't that impressive. With the way the men's 5,000 field is at the moment and with Lopez having some injury issues, I'm not picking him on my team. As for Evan, given his recent injuries, I'm going to say he doesn't make the team either. Wow. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Jerry knows how to peak his athletes for championships. I'll probably be eating my words about Lamont and Jager in a few weeks. I guess how you feel about Lamont depends on how you feel about the rest of that field in general. Yeah. And... Um, and there's definitely some question marks, but then you got people like you know Fisher, who looks really solid as an addition. And I'm talking about in the in the ten thousand, um, and he's gonna be he's gonna be tough to to get past. It's funny. So the whole question about okay is can Kessler make the team? Of course, I mean it's interesting because he's high school, right? That's like a bizarre thing. But like in that same race, another guy ran three thirty four in front of him, Henry Wynn. Yeah, and. Like, are we entertaining the possibility that Henry Wynn could make the team? I guess we should, right? Vincent Cietti. I just we we talk about Kessler obviously because of the age, but also because like oh the whole untapped potential thing too. But if you're talking about who would do better in rounds and you value experience, wouldn't you want someone like Wynn or Cietti? Wouldn't they be a good pick as well too? For sure. And it's it's just yeah when someone's doing something like that. It's it's like you know bowling running ten oh one or whatever is amazing, and we all talk. Could he make the team? All this, and then there's like nine other Americans who run that fast every year, and it's yeah. like yeah, those guys are more equipped to make the team because they've been doing this a long time, and they're but the idea of the eighteen year old, the seventeen, whatever it is, making the team is just always just like so so crazy. Yeah, just turned eighteen. Colin, formerly from Palo Alto and now from San Francisco. I'm watching the Doha Diamond League right now and notice a new development in the field events. They have remote-controlled cars shuttling the discus from the field to the throwing areas, first super shoes, then pace lights, now RC cars. Does this mean that field events, too, have now been ruined forever by technology after all the great throwers of the 70s and 80s didn't have tiny vehicles bringing them back the discus? No, they had to get them themselves. It's just like a golf cart or walking the course. You had to go find your javelin. <laughs> And then walk it back. I I don't. Now I just haven't been paying close enough attention. I haven't been seeing the RC cars, but I need to. 
I need to check these out. Do they pick up that's the disc too? Because that's impressive technology. That's been happening for a while. I just now. don't pay attention I, clearly. I could, well, I could see why he'd miss it too, but it's definitely uh, it's definitely been happening. AJ from South Philly. Sorry, Kevin, another Sixers fan for you. Don't apologize just to me. Apologize to Jason. Apologize to Kyle. Well, and you're from South Philly. Apologize. You should uh, you should be a Sixers fan, right? Yeah, that's true. I've been thinking about the suggestions about track events between horse races and had a couple of additions. First, it's not the most popular event by far, but a favorite of mine. You could run the DMR at Churchill Downs. Since the track is 1.25 miles long, you get the whole relay done in two laps. That's really my only reasoning for that one in, <laughs> is the distance would work out. I, it's like, why are we running this event? Nah, the distance worked. I kind of agree with them, though. There's something satisfying about it being the full, like, fitting in exactly. They're, they're, it's it's yeah. nice. But wouldn't you just then want to just divide it into four even parts? It'd be really confusing <laughs> for people. My second idea is a steeplechase. Hear me out. The steeplechase was created to simulate cross-country on the track, right? And most horse tracks have a dirt track surrounding your grass track. You could start on the grass track for lap one, move to the dirt track for lap two, add some barriers. There's sure to be some on site for equestrian events and barn. <laughs> and barn. <laughs> Real cross-country steeplechase. Uh, and bam, sorry, real cross-country steeplechase. Some track, uh, maybe most, I'm no expert, already have water pits as well since horses run steeplechase as well, though I assume the water pits for horses are bigger, so that may pose a challenge for the human racers. Stay healthy. That is AJ. What do you think? I, I mean, I would watch this in a second uh, for sure. I'm trying to think of the uh, – there's the huge horse race in – the uk the grand national i want to say um mm. and i don't know if you've ever seen that um is this the one i'm thinking of the one with... there's one with like jumps and stuff and it starts with a whole bunch of horses and most of half of them don't finish or something because it's such okay. chaos and it's basically the steeplechase for horses um it's uh pretty interesting jericho sherman whoa talking about hayward, hayward field spectators love it uh, he said, just came across a below link with station spectators will be allowed for the National Outdoor High School meet at Hayward. The meet takes place the week after the Olympic trials, so it stands there will be spectators allowed for the Olympic trials. Great news. Side note, I came across this since my son is running in the middle school mile. So we're excited to visit Hayward Field for the first time. That's awesome. Been here for years. That is Jericho Sherman. So that'll be that'll be awesome for, for you guys. Now, when you're there, just try not to get wrapped up in the nostalgia of the stadium. <laughs> That's that'd be my only request, my only bit of advice, Sherman. Make sure to tell your son that this isn't the real Hayward Field. Yeah, tell him to go talk to a guy named Kevin who's really grouchy <laughs> and is acting like a old man despite not being that old. Got a couple here from Marshall. Yeah. Uh, one says short recap. Originally, I was going to put together a bubble watch for the Olympic trials. There you go, Jace. Kind of what we did with the mood ring. I love it. Then Portland Track Festival happened, and I realized that putting together a bubble watch would be very time-intensive. Instead, I'm pretty much going to ignore most of the results from the weekend and concerns over who has or has not raced. Uh, at the end of the day, it's one thing to run fast in one-time pace race. It's quite another to run fast in multiple rounds of the trials. Trying to draw a conclusion of how prepared someone is for the rounds of the trials based upon one random race without considering where they are at in their training, what's going on in their personal life, how worn, on the, worn out they are from travel is not worth a lot of time and energy. Although I was impressed by Mason Froelich's double this weekend at the Portland Track Festival. He ran 335 the day after his 818 steeple. That's pretty good. Yeah. As a result, bearing some giant piece of confirmed 
injury news, I'm going to assume that the likes of Lyles, Shelby, Simpson, Rogers, McLaughlin, Muhammad, Jager will be ready to roll at the trials. The bigger shame is that our sport is structured where our top athletes only need to be sharp at two events in a given year, trials and the Olympics or World Championships. Alternatively, I've been trying to broaden my knowledge of track and field to more than just track. We've seen some really exciting performances out of Rudy Winkler, Hammer, Maggie Malone, American record this past week in the javelin, Gwen Berry, Hammer, and Vashti Cunningham in the high jump over the past couple weeks. I'm sure some contradictory abounds in my thoughts above, so feel free to rip me a new one. All the best. That is Marshall. I actually agree with you, Marshall, with this, um, especially when you get to mid-distance running. Because it just doesn't resemble what you do in the like in the actual event, the Olympic trials or the Olympics or the World Championships. It's just it's a different type of racing, and you see people go out all the time. So trying to figure out this person ran one second faster, but we've never seen them do it before, versus so and so has run a little slower this year, but we know that they can handle this type of running it makes perfect sense that you default to the people that you know yeah absolutely i think that's kind of the only way to do it right i mean it's it's like that in a lot of sports too i mean you could maybe a playoffs you've got Uh oh you know i'm sorry we got to go there but like people are just going to keep picking like the lakers and lebron and i don't blame them because you just go i don't care that they're a seven seed i just know like they it seems like they're always, you know, LeBron's in the championship every year. Yeah. So, like, why yeah. would I pick someone else? Yeah, okay, Utah had the best-ranked offense of the past blah-blah-blah years or all these different things, but you just go, okay, that's fine, but... But none of it yeah, matters. Yeah, like, this doesn't really, you know, I, I know when the thing, you know, when the when the championship time comes, there's people who I know will, will show up. And I hope yeah, LeBron and you fails gotta... against the Suns. Let's go, guys. It's happening, <laughs> two to two. I think also the – like you take someone who's – someone like Kessler and you just like look at their first round heat, the 1500. Just say you had it in front of you. It's like, all right, he's got to beat at least this many people. Can he do that? Well, of, of course he can, right? Because his PB is 334. All right, well, then you get to the next round, right? And then you're like, all right, so some of these guys are going to have good races. Yeah. <laughs> some of them are not. So it just becomes this this really, really tight squeeze to get through every time. And the farther you advance, the less relevant your time was when you entered it, what, that you entered with, right? Yeah, if, if you have you a get, if your four if your PR is four tenths faster in a fifteen hundred, does that matter? Zero. <laughs> zero. Like, but like yeah. say you're in a say you're in a prelim heat, you got you're in a semi heat, doesn't even have Centro in it, but you have like Blankenship and Josh Thompson and Henry Wynn and Johnny Gregoric and heck, Bjarne Nagus, right? You, it's like, all right, I got to beat some of these people. Yeah. Who are the people I'm going to beat? Because at that point, everybody is good once you get to that level, once you get to that round. Everybody is good, and you have to figure out how to make it work. And you're not going to run a 334 race, most likely, unless Bjarne Nagus is there and it's a prelim and he's just going to go <laughs> kill everybody from the gun. Uh Two more here for Marshall. Let me read these real quick. Uh, and then we got some voicemails. NCAA regional thoughts. What would happen if Wesley Kiptu and Nigel Amos raced? Um, for those of you who don't know, well, just with the 5K with Wesley Kiptu, he went out in 30, and he was ahead, I think, seven seconds at the 600 and 22 seconds at 3K. 
in a race that he did not need to win. <laughs> Given each individual's penchant to go hard from the gun, I predict they would rip through the first 400 in sub 48 with neither willing to cede the lead. They would come barreling down the backstretch but would both hit a lactic acid wall and simultaneously collapse on the track. Either that or the track they were competing on would disappear into a black hole as the universal laws of physics would be unable to tolerate such pace pushing. Two, shout out to Adam Fogg and Isaac Baston of Drake University who both qualified to Eugene in the 1500. Drake's Adam Kessler also qualified in the shot, but for those keeping score at home, the Drake Bulldogs have the same number of qualifiers in the 1500 as BYU and only one less than Oregon. Nice. It was an Iowa sweep at the D3 National Championships, Jason. Of course. This weekend with the Wartburg Knights from Waverly, Iowa, claiming the men's title over Wisconsin-Eau Claire with a six-point victory. Both Wartburg and Eau Claire were in the 4x4 with Wartburg third and Eau Claire fifth. If you would have said there was a Wartburg Knights in Waverly... There's no chance I wouldn't have guessed the UK. There's just no chance. <laughs> that's that's good. That's good. Three, it was a Iowa's – oh, sorry. Uh, next point. Meanwhile, on the women's side, the Loris Lady Dewhawks of Dubuque, <laughs> Iowa, a.k.a. the UK, claimed a two-point victory over Wisconsin lacrosse. The Loris women were down one point heading into the 4x4 and finished second, claiming eight points, while the cross finished fourth. Also, here's a story on what a Dewhawk is. It's probably one of the more absurd school names out there right behind the St. Louis Billikens. That's Marshall. He also says, P.S. Watch out for Brandon Miller, NCAAs. Yeah, that's a good That's a good pick there. Ah, uh, geez, what is a Duhok? Yeah, let's see. It takes back to 1924. This is a long explanation. Yeah, I'm trying to – I actually thought it was just going to be an animal I'd never heard of. Yeah. Oh, the Dubuque Hawks. And he called them the Dewhawks. Oh, okay. So it was a, just a, a, sports a portmanteau, if you will, or something like that? The name caught on, and the on the Detroit Free Press became the author of this controversial moniker. The following year, the Columbia Department of Athletics sponsored a contest to all students to come up with a snappy nickname for the varsity football team. Dewhawk was deemed unsatisfactory. Wow. And then they... they <laughs> The judge of contest narrowed it down to 15 choices. Mariners, Rebukers, Colts, Centaurs, Comets, Bobcats, Panthers, Rockets, Terriers, Eagles, Spartans, Sentinels, Bearcats, Dragons, and Pilots. But the name Duhawk was not in the ballot. The winner was, well, no one's really sure. Nothing more was ever said on the subject <laughs> the following year. However, in the second issue of the school newspaper, a picture of the football team featured the caption, 1926 Columbia Duhawks. It is interesting to note that the head coach of that 1926 team was Elmer Layden, one of Notre Dame's four horsemen of the apocalypse. However, no matter who the coach was, the Duhawk was here to stay. This is according to the Loras College website. So there you go. Huh. Okay. <sighs> Ollie Hoare quote from Marshall. This is what Ollie Hoare said after the Gateshead Diamond League meet. Quote, I've been in America on my own just pushing the pace, but to be in a race like this with the talented individuals able to push the pace was a great indication of how my race preparation is going. Marshall says, not sure if this should go up as nominee for Trash Talk of the Year, but it might be one of our best options. Nah, that's tame. That's And that's 100% true. Right? Yeah. That's 100% true. Yeah, it, it, it's... Sorry, I had to reread it again because I was confused. Because he says race and like six different times in here, it feels like. Um, pushing the pace, to, but to be in the race like this with Teledim and Jail able to push the pace. He keeps saying push the pace. Um... Yeah, I, he set the pace you know he might get honorable mention, but I don't think he's going to get the. Uh, I don't think he's going to get the gold here. Yeah, I, I hope not. All right, we got two from Chief. One of them was asking about Galen Rupp, predicting Galen Rupp's time. That was sent, Oops. obviously after. Well, we 
recorded when we recorded. We couldn't go yeah. back. But if you do, if you do the most recent one, I think he's responding to Chris about hockey. Oh, so we should listen to that Perfect. before we go. What up, boys? She's from Illinois, now in Indianapolis. Drinker Milk Braylon. Chris, moving to Canada. Want to know a little bit about ice hockey? Here's a couple things that I've picked up over over the years of playing hockey. One, nobody likes the goons in hockey unless they're on your team. So since you're going to be living in Canada, you will not be rooting for the Boston Bruins. So right there, uh, you hate the rat. The rat is a player on on the Boston Bruins. I'm not even going to say his name. Just Google it. He's a terrible human being, really grindy, and does shitty things on the ice. Two, you're not going to like Tom Wilson. Washington Capitals, also a goon, terrible, uh, known for dirty hits, but if he's on your team, again, you love him. And three, Wayne Gretzky is better at his sport than any person has ever been at their sport. With that, peace, boys. I like Chief. Chief has some strongly held beliefs, and that is one of them about Wayne Gretzky, and I, I appreciate that about Chief. Yeah, we need to get... We need to get more info to Chris about hockey. Maybe if we found some hockey players who were in reality TV, we could combine another one of his mm, interests. That's true. I don't know. I don't know how robust the Canadian reality television scene is, but there's got to be somebody. Maybe I don't know Alexander Ovechkin, Jason. <laughs> I think he's retiring after this year. Um, oh, oh, this is it for Ovi? Huh? I think so because you know he they they beat the Knights in the in the uh, Stanley Cup uh, a couple years ago. And uh, but then I thought I thought I heard it was his last year, but you know, I, who knows? Could be, could not be. Also, right? That's that's the thing. You just never know. <laughs> Nobody ever retires in an Olympic year, Jason. That's right. Just remember that. And it is technically it an is Olympic, an Olympic year. <laughs> well, there's hockey in the winter Olympics. Yeah, next year. So is... yeah, he'll probably play. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's how he'll we'll play. Go for, out. He's uh, he's Russian, I believe. So. Yeah. Okay. There you go. None of that is probably true, but there you go, guys. Houseofrun at gmail.com is the email address. Thanks to everybody for writing in. Man, we got a busy couple weeks coming up. I'm excited about it. Much more to talk about next week. Send us your mood ring feelings, predictions. Also, all you pro bucks folks out there. Send us a message of solidarity. Maybe we'll create a little group here. Uh, that's it. Jason, talk to you later, man. Jessica Ennis. Go Bucks, but also go Suns.